Hey, Lessonators, welcome back to another episode of What's the Lesson? Today, we've got a truly special guest joining us named Whitney Archibald. She's a mom, a dedicated podcaster, and the brains behind How She Moms. During our conversation, we explore a range of topics that touch the core of daily life, which includes home management, the art of parenting, and the never-ending journey of personal development. What we love so much about Whitney is her unwavering mission to help you simplify your life. But what's even more awe-inspiring is Whitney's personal journey of resilience and how she's been able to use what she loves teaching others on her own healing journey. She recently suffered a traumatic rock climbing injury that left her with several bumps, bruises, and broken bones. Yet her spirit remained unbroken. Her incredible outlook and unwavering mindset is exactly what's carrying her through this challenging chapter. In today's episode, you'll get a glimpse into the life of a woman who not only excels as a mother and content creator, but has also given us an incredible example of how to rise above adversity with grace and determination. So whether you're a parent seeking guidance, someone on a journey of self-improvement, or just in need of a boost of inspiration, our conversation with Whitney is sure to touch your heart and leave you with a newfound appreciation for the power of the human spirit. Let's get into it. Welcome to What's the Lesson, the podcast that takes you on a deep dive into the world of character development. We're Jill and Mary the dynamic duo behind Girls Mentorship. We foster self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-awareness for tween and teen girls, along with their invaluable network of supporters through events, resources, and mentorship. Picture us as your coaches, walking alongside you through the world of social-emotional learning, and think of this podcast as your own personal roadmap. We'll support you in discovering obstacles that might be holding you back, and gain clarity on why this work is a game changer, not only for your growth, but for the next generation of leaders as well. Alongside our fantastic guests, we're here to share knowledge about how you can change old patterns of behavior and make sense of those WTF moments, shifting them into lessons that can drastically improve your life instead. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a superhero stay-at-home mom, or someone fueled by boundless curiosity, our mission is crystal clear. To supercharge your emotional intelligence and sprinkle the magic of SEL into every corner of your life. Okay, so Whitney, I we've been following you on the Girls Mentorship Instagram for I have no idea how long, if I'm being honest with you, but your your posts pop up for us and one popped up recently <laughs> where you were in a precarious position yes. and I knew right then and there that um, we had to have you on the podcast when you were able because that precarious position was a rock climbing fall. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, basically me at the bottom of a cliff. So (laughs) a little shock to have. My my husband was like, that's a little intense for Instagram. And I was like, well, people need to see more miracles. So that's why I put it on there. (laughs) Well, and people love to see shock value. And I think that what that helped do was have people a read your caption and b follow along with your story because i know i've 
we've interacted with your posts before, but I don't think it was until that moment where I really went on a deep dive on your page and who you were and how you were recovering to get to know you a little bit more. So I think the picture was twofold. Yes, the miracles that are clearly happening right now. You're coming at us live from your parents' closet in, (laughs) is it Utah? Uh, Yes. So the accident happened in Utah. You do not live in Utah. Where do you reside? So I'm in Colorado and we were here on a family vacation. I thought it would be a great day to take some of my nieces and nephews who hadn't been climbing before on a on a climbing trip. Um, we do this all the time. I've taught so many people how to rock climb um, and I do it all the time myself. I've been doing it since high school. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to introduce them to what we were doing and went out on a little morning trip. And so your family was with you. So not just your immediate family, but extended family. So did everybody witness this this fall that happened? Yeah, so I had I had only one of my sons. Um, some of my other kids were off with other family members. We were just, you know, we just took kind of some of the older, older grandkids or, well, Sorry, my older nieces and nephews. Um, I do not have grandkids yet. Um, we took them <laughs> climbing for the morning, and then my my brother and my sister. So so we got up there, and I my son and I set up the ropes. We um, I I gave him the lecture that I always give, even no matter how many times they've heard it. You always take a buddy with you to set up. You narrate every step of the process, and you say exactly what you're doing. You make sure every every step of the way, every Every anchor point is reinforced, so there's there's always um, a backup. So if one carabiner fails, there's always another one. Um, I'm like extra cautious. I follow all the rules, and I I gave him this lecture. I said, now the most common mistake that rock climbers make is that they short rope themselves. So when you're going to lower yourself down or you're going to rappel down, um, you have to make sure both sides of the rope are down to the ground, and you check. And then you have the people on the ground check, and then you check again once you're all hooked up, um, and you have your partner check that you're hooked up right. You know, every step you just have redundancy. And I did. I checked. He. We had two ropes set up. We both rappelled down successfully. And because again, I'm extra cautious. I didn't like the way my rope was rubbing, and I said, uh, "I'm going to reset that to the anchors next to it because I just don't feel safe." So. I climbed up. He belayed me. I climb up. Um, I tether myself above to be safe again. And then I I set my rope up. Everything's according to plans. And I've forgotten a piece of equipment. And so I had my brother send up the piece of equipment. And I guess in my mind, I had already done all the safety checks. And I did not send the rope all the way down again because I had, you know, in my mind that had already been done. That was right. That was that common mistake. So I I got on the rope, got ready to come down. I had short roped myself. The exact thing mm-hmm. that I just told my son not to do. And next thing I knew, I was on the ground right at the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> Gosh, how far was the fall? So we're actually going to go back and measure because we're not sure. It was sometime, somewhere between 20 and 30 feet, which is quite a big difference. Oh. So oh my we're gosh. thinking probably around 25 feet. So, but we'll, we'll know for sure soon. (laughs) Yeah. You got to go back and check the footwork. (laughs) No pun intended, Uh but um, I love that we're starting here because I want to take what you just painted picture wise for us 
and go back a few years in terms of what it is that you do. So you're also a podcast host. You're obviously a mom. You said you had your son with you. You were telling him what he should be doing, showing him what he should not be doing, which exactly. there's there's beauty in that as well. Um, but you have a podcast called How She Moms. Yes. And a website all around momming and how to mom and your original intention for these conversations that you have on your podcast and you've got worksheets and workshops available was giving families a glimpse as to how other families solve problems. Yes. Am I correct in saying that? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that with what you're experiencing now, as much as sometimes we don't get to see why certain things happen, to me, looking at your story from what I know, from what we know about it, you set yourself up really well to <laughs> handle um, somewhat of something that was very unplanned, a, a tragedy, uh, if you will, because as you stated, you're in Utah. This accident happened on in Utah in a family vacation. Your family is now back in Colorado. They're living their life, right? You yeah. are for the time being, still in Utah recovering. So yeah. I want to take it back to um, the conception of your of your business, really, okay. or your mission, your vision of why you wanted to start this, this movement to help other moms really solve problems for themselves. And we're not talking big, complex problems. You're, we're talking... What do we decide to make for dinner? How do we do laundry? How do we handle the crazy schedule of our families? So will you bring us to um, a point of the the epiphany that you had of why this was important for you to start and how you got started? Yeah. And, and kind of the impetus for starting it in the first place is I was kind of just sitting there doing dishes at my sink and thinking, I wonder how many other people in my neighborhood are doing dishes right now in their house <laughs> and how many of them are doing it just slightly differently. And I, I had this kind of image of popping all the roofs off all over the neighborhood and just peeking in and seeing, seeing, I guess that makes me sound like a, a creepy person. But. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. It was um, well, it was well intended. Yeah, figuratively. Exactly. Not, exactly. Not, yeah. I'm not a voyeur, but I was, I was trying to imagine like, <laughs> There are there are so many people with so many innovations in their homes that are doing are coming up with so many great ideas. And I just wanted to know. I'm just a curious person. I was just like, I wish so much of that invisible work that we always talk about is really invisible because that's not fun to talk about. That's not that's not something where, you know, when we want to escape with our girlfriends, we're not we don't want to only talk about housekeeping or or, you know, other other tasks that we're doing. But there are so many people with great ideas and doing the same things in different ways. And I was just fascinated by that. And I wanted to talk to the world. I wanted to, to ask all these moms what they were doing. And and housekeeping is one thing and, and taking care of your, uh, managing your home, that's one thing. But also, how are they making connections with their kids? How are they dealing with... Um, difficult circumstances, difficult behaviors. I feel like if you get stuck in this mindset of one right way to do something, you're going to miss a whole world of opportunity. And if you can just get the 
the access to that innovation that's going on. You have a whole menu of options that you can try. Some things are going to work with one kid. Some things are going to work with other kids. Some things aren't going to work for a mom ever. They're, you know, the personality of the mom, it's just not going to work with. So the more options we have, I think we can customize our solutions and make our make our homes and our relationships run more smoothly. I think it's so brilliant. I'm also a mom. So when I found that you have this resource bank, your podcast is really cool because if you go to your website, there's like a menu of options. There's there's topics. And underneath every topic is your our episodes, podcast episodes that really kind of um, expand upon that topic. And I think that is such a cool way to support moms in what they're searching for and what they might need in that moment of them momming. So um, you really break it down into three, would you say three categories? The first one is home management. Uh Uh-huh. The second one is parenting and then personal development is yes. the third one. Yes. And that's what important. I love in what it is very important. And I love that you said that it's so much more than just doing the dishes and laundry. It, it's parenting kids that are challenging. And if someone's doing it well inside of a home that could really serve another mom, why not have a platform to share those stories? So I love that your idea of taking, you know, like a peek inside of other people's worlds to to really serve your main goal is to make life easier for people. Yeah. Can, like, I, I thank you. Can I just <laughs> You're say welcome. thank you? Oh, I hope it really does. I, oh, but really, how cool is that? And if we just, um, if we ask the right questions, if we're vulnerable enough to you know, kind of share the in the mundane or the struggles that you can really help serve more people. So I love that this is what you are doing. And um, I'm sure yourself, you've learned so much in the process oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. My whole mindset is is that this is all an experiment. We're all experimenting. No, nobody is a true expert because another kid comes along and that needs a whole new set of skills. So Right. I just look at it as one one big experiment where we just get to try lots of things. And that makes it more fun, too, because we get to be the mad scientists in our homes and um, just it, our, our children become our test subjects or our guinea pigs, if you will. And and <laughs> we just get to try what we try new things until we find something that works. It's very true. And. How do you find the people that you want to bring onto the show? Is it through your community? Is it through social media? Is it a little bit of everything to like figure out, oh, that person's story is exactly who I want on my show? Yeah, that's been a fun development because at first it was just like my friends. I'm like, hey, you want to be on a podcast? And I was learning and yeah, they were, you know, that was the first time they'd been on. But I've just expanded my network by going to conferences and making friends on Instagram and and um, just reading a lot. I I always when I have a new topic, I search for the best books on that topic and then I follow who they're following and I, I just kind of go down a rabbit hole. And that's a fun process of discovery too. just there's experts in everything. And there are there are people, a lot of moms I approach to be on the show are don't consider them an expert. And um, 
maybe expert isn't the right word. It's not even what I'm looking for. I'm looking for practitioners. I'm looking for people who are just practicing these things, being um, being mothers and innovating. And um, so it's at first it was hard. And now I have way more people that I want to interview than I could ever possibly interview. And it's such a fun place to be in. And I love that call out. People don't think they're experts. Yeah. Um, we're just we're doing the thing every, day in and day out. But repetition and refinement really do make us experts in certain things. And being a mom is no exception to that rule, um, especially if you have multiple kids, because like you pointed out, it's all an experiment, right? Yeah. The goal is to keep the child alive at the end of the day, and you find different ways to do that in the best way that works for your family. So it's like we all get to experiment with different ways of doing things that help us really show up and help them show up as their best. And those those the way we choose to do that helps us become an expert. But if we don't think of it in that way, um, then we get to doing something and somebody new comes along that hasn't done it before and they're looking to you as the example. And they're like, wait, will you slow down? Or will you tell me how you did that? And that's when we get in our own head. We're like, but that's super easy. Uh -huh. It's easy yeah. because you're an expert at it now. Can you imagine what it's like to be at your level one and what your platform to our eyes anyway, what your platform really does is help people who are at a level one all the way till as high as they want to go. Because yes, is is it mundane to want to do dishes and the laundry every single day? Kind of, it is. And there's people out there who have no idea how to do it if they've only done it for themselves and their significant other and then children come along, right? It can get very overwhelming really quickly if you don't have systems in place to help with the newborn clothes or now they're teenagers and their things are all over the place. So the fact that you're talking to so many different people around the same subject is really cool because we're getting to look into how other people are doing one thing completely different than how we were taught to do it. We talk about this a lot in terms of just what our computers were hardwired with when we were born, right? Our, our parents basically pre-programmed things onto our, our hard drive and we grew up performing those actions and we, we likely do the same actions or we give the same actions to our kids as we continue to grow up without really questioning if those actions serve us until we're frustrated by something yeah. or until there's a, a situation where we have to um, really lean on our habits and we find that our habits aren't actually serving us. Yeah. So I love that this is the platform you've created. And I especially love that you get to be in, you get to be the experiment right now. Yes. Because <laughs> I obviously don't love that something awful happened to you. And I'm so glad that the situation didn't turn out worse. But can you talk a little bit about like how your mindset has been throughout this tragedy and how you've still been a pillar of strength for your family, despite the fact that you were bedridden for a couple of months, if I'm if I'm getting the timeline correct. I actually um, tomorrow will be my two month mark. So um, okay. it happened wow. July 12th. It will be eight weeks tomorrow, actually, because of extra days in there. But um, OK, anyway, so so, yeah, it's. um been a learning experience right from the first moment on the ground because 
My very first words as soon as I caught my breath after having the wind knocked out of me, obviously, was idiot. That's the first thing that I said. And it was Aww. more of a croak because I could barely speak. Yeah. But um, I was like, I short roped myself. Like, how long have I been warning people not to do this? And now I have actually done this. And I felt so ridiculous lying on the ground there. Like, what have I done? Am I going to be able to still be here for my kids and my family? I didn't know the extent of the the damage. I didn't know what my situation was. I just knew that I had made the stupidest mistake. And that right there is one of the best lessons that I got from the whole process is that I had to move on from that shame and embarrassment of making that mistake that I had told my kids about a hundred times. How many times does this happen on a small scale with our kids? We we tell them what not to do and then oops, we do it. <laughs> or or we or they do it and we get mad at them when what we really need to understand is how fallible and human we all are. We're all gonna make mistakes and let's move forward instead of dwelling on it. I knew I couldn't stay there in that place and just wallow in the mistake and the embarrassment. I had to move right on. And I had a very spiritual experience throughout this, especially the early period of the accident, where I just felt a voice in my head say, you're human. You made a mistake. You've got to move on. It was, you know, and I've talked to my kids about that since. And I said, we're all going to make stupid mistakes with no explanation. Like there's no reason I should have made that mistake as experienced as I am with climbing. Um, I just got distracted for a moment. I, you know, and it's very important to me that I demonstrate to my kids how to move forward after a mistake and how to stop beating myself up. Um, and it's also important to me that, yeah, they just got a very hands-on lesson of why I've been so cautious with rock climbing. And that's who you want as your rock climbing partners, my kids, <laughs> because they know the consequences. Yeah. Well, if that's not the definition of strength, mm -hmm. not only, I mean, truly your inner strength is you having that little voice just say, you are human. It is okay to make a mistake, move on, to give yourself compassion and grace and also the 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 ability to say okay it's it's time for me to move on I, I can't hold on to this anymore and I need to show up for my kids this way because they too in their own way in their own experience is going to make mistakes as well so Whitney I'm I'm totally blown away and inspired by this story because um I think it really goes to show that you've done a lot of work on yourself. So when we talk about like being an experiment, you have to be an experiment with with yourself in in learning and growing and failing and and succeeding in order for you to have such a traumatic experience to to say, you know what, I, I'm going to be okay and I'm going to move forward versus holding on to those feelings of embarrassment and frustration and shame and guilt and so on and so forth. You don't have time to do that. And neither does your kids because now 
Can you imagine, like you haven't been with your family in two months. Imagine what they're experiencing for their own strength, for their own growth, for their own development in their own way because they're watching you be a pillar of strength. So it's really cool to just see all of these parallels um, around really you being um, the example, being the example. Well, thank you. And that actually brings up kind of the next the next like kind of bit of inspiration I kind of received while I was on the ground. I first of all, I, you know, I wiggled my fingers, I wiggled my toes and then I checked in with my head and I was like, why do I not even have a headache? It was confounding to me. And it still it still really is because I don't think it can be explained by anything but a miracle because I hit I must have hit butt first because I shattered my um, sacrum and broke my pelvis in three places. Um, one place like pretty severely and kind of smashed up. Um, then I must've, I don't know, maybe simultaneously I hit my wrist and had a big compound yucky fracture there. And then, um, I have burst fractures in three vertebrae. So I must've, you know, hit my butt and then went back Mm -hmm. and hit my back. Now, why did my head not go back with my back? It landed on the ground because Obviously, it had to come to rest at some point. Not a scratch, not a bump. And there were rocks. All You saw the picture. There were rocks all yeah. around my head, almost like a, yeah, just everywhere around my head, you know, an inch or two to one side or another or or higher, uh, you know, farther up um, would have most definitely resulted in some kind of a, a brain, some kind of head trauma of some sort. And so I I truly believe that it was a miracle that I landed the way I did. And I immediately, as soon as I checked in with everything and knew, I, I just knew I was going to be okay. And I think that was just a gift that I received from God. I think you often you don't know the outcome or, or what you're going to learn from your trials until way down the road. And I feel like I got this gift that this is a you're going to be okay. You're going to recover. And also this is going to be transformative for you and your family. And I can't tell you what that meant to to have that assurance right up front. We were about to take my oldest son on a trip to Europe for his senior trip. We were a week away from hopping on that plane. And even that specifically, I knew that this experience was going to do more for his, um, progression and development and resilience than any trip to Europe would be any any other thing we could experience we could manufacture for him this is where people learn through trials like this literally when you're in the valley yeah. and i literally and figuratively obviously in your in your yeah. situation but you're right because not only does he get to see how you're moving through it you're moving on from it you're not I'm, I don't want to paint the picture that the recovery period hasn't been hard, and I'm sure there's been days where you've broken down, but from what I have experienced seeing on Instagram, speaking from a place of I, you've really handled this with such grace, and I have to bring it back to the to the foundational stuff because if we don't practice the foundational stuff, Literally, you called yourself an idiot. I don't know if you were able to say it out loud or you (laughs) said it to yourself. You said it out loud. I think of the last time I called myself an idiot and it was 
I spilled something, whether it was milk or a protein protein <laughs> shake and the protein yeah. got everywhere. And it's one of those moments where you're like, God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> but I catch myself in that now. Yeah. I catch myself every time and I go, I am not an idiot. I made a mistake. So that is very a basic level one catching yourself in that moment all the way to your level where you caught yourself in that moment. And you literally reframed the negative narrative that you were about to go on about yourself after this fall. And you said, no, I made a mistake. And literally, it is a miracle because there's rocks all around. The the toes, the fingers, they're wiggling. Things are going to be just fine. And it doesn't mean that snap your fingers and things are going to be just fine. There's obviously um, a long road ahead to make sure that things are just fine. There's going to be... have there been surgeries, I'm assuming? You said you shattered your pelvis, so there's probably been yeah. about three or four surgeries. Do you have more scheduled? Um, there's 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 a lot of questions around what like full recovery looks like, but the fact that you've just handled it with such a smile on your face, you're not kidding. The lesson that your son learned seeing this happen will forever paint the way he makes decisions and how he handles rough patches in his life because things are caught, they're not taught, right? So you could talk to him until he's blue in the face about responsibility and double checking his work, but he actually saw it firsthand on why it's so important to double check steps. That's not just going to happen while he's out rock climbing. That's going to happen in absolutely everything that he does. So honestly, I want your kids around at all points in time (laughs) because they're going to be the safety monitors and not overbearing, but just enough to understand that this is why we do things, right? You can can say things to your kids around why you don't touch a hot stove, but they have to, you know, get a get a taste for themselves as to why not and what what happened not to you but for you and your family was exactly yeah. that lesson. So it's it's been it's been a journey thus far, two months as you've pointed out, but such an incredible lesson for everyone involved, whether that's um primarily involved or on the side, like secondarily involved, which I feel like we're we're on that tertiary level. We're involved simply because we're following you on social media. But I'm Jill just said inspiration. I'm inspired by the way you've handled it because it's reframed it for so many people on on how to make it through situations in your life that are darn near difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can you can look at it like why did this happen to me? Why did I fall? Why did this, you know, derail me for at least a year. They say it's going to be at least a year till I can resume normal activities, um, my active lifestyle. Um, you can look at it that way and like, why did this have to happen to me? Or you can look at it like, oh my gosh, this terrible thing happened and I'm still here. And I I kept, re- I kept re- examining myself in the hospital. Like, am I, am I pushing things aside? Am I like not dealing with trauma? Am I because I am just so grateful to be here, am I am I just um, sidestepping some of the the grieving process? Do I need to like hit reality and and deal with this? Or you know, I didn't want to be just like skimming over my emotions and but I, I I just didn't honestly did not feel discouraged or sad no matter how much pain there was because 
I just kept going back to, I'm, I'm here. I'm alive. I get to raise my children. And you have a hat that says gratitude. And that was seriously what I felt. I showed every single nurse, you know, you kind of get a new nurse every night and you have to retell them your story. Yeah. I showed them all that picture and I would be like, you guys see so much heartbreak in the trauma ward, you know, um, you see so many sad stories. I want to show you my miracle and look, look how amazing this is. And can you believe that I'm here with you and that I can communicate with you? I just, I, it still just blows me away when I, when I think about it. And so I, I don't think it's that I'm repressing these, these deep traumatic feelings. I do acknowledge the hard things, but I'm so happy to be doing these hard things with my people. Like I'm so happy to have my family and friends around me. And I, it makes it, it makes it doable. You know, it makes it doable to do the hard work um, because I was part of something so amazing. Yeah. Well, and your perspective is, is I'm, I'm, it's so commendable. I, I don't know if I would have that strength especially being a mom, because I am sure you've also competed with having a positive mindset and also knowing that you're not there to do things for your family. You've really had to loosen the grip um, to allow your family to really step up um, for themselves so that you can heal. Um because moms were crazy. We yeah. wear all the hats. We do all <laughs> the things. And I am like sitting here being like, would my family be okay without me? <laughs> but it's beautiful because you're, you get to be the example for me that it is possible. And that how, how cool for your family to say, you know what, mom, we got you. You stay, you stay in Utah and you heal. We'll talk to you every day. We'll catch you up every day. We'll FaceTime you every day. We'll come visit you. But you need to take care of yourself because we need you here 100% when you're well and we're going to be okay at home. Well, and if they don't know how to do any of right? the things, like the dishes like, or the laundry, you're number like, 39. <laughs> I have a podcast and a worksheet for you guys. It's almost <laughs> as if I planned my absence. Yeah. <laughs> I love True. that. Yeah. Right now they're being, they're being taken care of well by my my in-laws so my my mother and father-in-law are helping them with meals and taking them to school and you know my husband when he's not working and and friends that are driving them to and fro and so i i don't want to diminish that part too that that i have an army of people helping of course. Which, yeah. which actually was kind of like gratifying like oh it's, it it kind of takes a lot of people to fill in for me when i'm gone <laughs> <laughs> you do you wear it's so many it is true well and what something just happened behind you I'm assuming that was your dad that came oh. in to grab something from the closet but how fun is that too on the flip side you get to spend some time with your parents that probably wasn't some additional time with your parents mm -hmm. that wasn't bargained for and they get to kind of go back to raising you or taking care of, of, of you and your needs when realistically when we become an adult, it feels like the shoe flips and we're now starting to take care of our parents. So some unexpected, a lot of unexpected blessings came from, from what otherwise people looking from the outside in could see as just such a tragic event, which it is in a sense, but your perspective on it has completely shifted 
to what it actually means for you and your family. Um, and it's it's wild. God God has a, a sense of humor, at least at least my God does. Yeah, and I know absolutely. I feel like all of us feel the same way, but just the way you've set up your life and your strategies and it, it seems like if this thing was primed to happen, then you were ready for it. And I just... It, that speaks volumes of of your levels of a building community for however long you've been doing that outside of your your friends and your neighborhood groups. But I mean, all of the people you've had on your podcast, the conversations you've had about how to do certain things, you've really been preparing for the unknown. And yeah. this this instance happened to be the unknown that you were preparing for. Yeah. Well, and I think the biggest thing is. Something like this really helps you laser focus your priorities. And oddly enough, some of those things are not the priority, even though even though we have to do some of those day-to-day things. It I had a day that was jam-packed full of stuff. I was I was gonna I had several interviews to do that day. I had we had a concert to go to that night. We had every minute was scheduled that day. And all of a sudden, everything just got wiped clean and all that mattered was that I was okay and everybody rallied around me. And in that ambulance ride, I had all these people pouring into me. And suddenly I, you know, somebody who's used to being the caregiver, as we were just talking about, everybody was just concentrating every ounce of their energy on taking care of me. They they were the paramedics were stroking my face. They were they were helping me breathe and they were, you know, talking me through it. I had no pain medication until I got to the to the hospital because my blood pressure was so low and I was so unstable. I was in like, I, I have, I'm a words person and I haven't come up with the words to describe the pain of what I was feeling. It was just, everything was on fire. It's so much that I, they kept asking me how my wrist felt. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? That's, I, <laughs> I couldn't even feel the pain on the wrist. It was just like, my core was just on fire. Yeah. And, Ugh. but I just, I just knew at that moment. And again, I just feel like I I had this connection with God and he told me this is pure love. And I knew that what they were pouring into me was pure love and what I felt to for them was pure love. And it was like, this is the priority for your whole life going forward. This is the focus. This is why we're here. It's love. It's connecting with others. It's it's being with your family, being with your friends. It's pouring this kind of love out to anywhere around you. And immediately, like I even in the in the hospital, I felt a deepening of relationships. I felt like I had kind of leveled up in my ability to love. And I connected with those nurses like we were up in the middle of the night telling each other our life stories and we were, you know, I took like all these selfies with my nurses cuz I had just like loved them so much and they took such good care of me. And the same with all the family members who stayed in the hospital with me. We had these deep, meaningful conversations. I was like, we need to stop prioritizing the logistical uh, minutia of life and really focus on these relationships. And sometimes who cares if you have a messy house? Invite the world in and and sit with your friends and and care for your friends, even if you feel like you're a mess, help somebody else with their mess, just care for each other. The other stuff will sort itself out. So even though I 
care about the logistics and I write about the logistics and I podcast about them. Those things, it is important to get systems for those so that we can make put those on autopilot and then focus on the important things, which are our connections, our relationships, and just loving the heck out of all the people that we have all around us. You answered my my question around where are you going to take where are you going to take your podcast now that this has happened for you and once you're well and you're back back to you know back to business per usual but i think what i heard in that share was you are ready to elevate relationships you yes. just said you elevated you you elevated the conversations to invite more love in and i'm like gosh how People go their whole life guarded and jaded and um, and not wanting that because yeah. they're protecting. And sometimes, and not that, not that you operated this way prior to your accident, but sometimes it takes an accident or something traumatic for you to wake up and be like, there is so much more to life than what I had focused on yeah. for, you know, all of my life. And this is my commitment. I want to love harder. I want to bring people in. I want to, you know, it, it was, it, it's those moments that really shake it up for you to say this, this is the priority, not the other stuff, because the other stuff will wait. It's going to be it's there. It's going to be there till mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yep. And a conversation that Mary and I have a lot of times is our legacy. We want to be remembered not for the beautiful house, not for the things that happened, not for the, the money that we made, but for the difference and the impact that we have on the lives of the girls that we serve and the families that we serve and the family that I'm raising. So those are the things that you want to your family, the people that you love the most to remember you by so that they can continue to live their life inspired by you. Yeah. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. and and. Uh... You know, one of our family mottos is people are more important than things. And so we've we've always said that, you know, and and when my kids get carried away, like she stole my toy or what, you know, that I mean, for a few years <laughs> past that. But even when they were little kids, I would always tell them people are more important than things. It's always goes back to the relationship, even the way you manage your home and the way you deal with with all of those logistical things. They're all serving a greater purpose of bringing peace and connection in your home. And so I don't think you have to completely separate the two as long as you always have that ultimate goal in mind. And as the, you, long as you always remember that at the end of the day, it's about connection. And if connection can be productivity, you know, if, if you're sitting there and you're a new mom, I, I feel so deeply for new moms because it's so hard, all the things that you're trying to figure out. And if, if, all you accomplish in a day is snuggling that baby, keeping that baby safe and warm and fed. That is productivity. And the, if we can, if we can just realize, reframe our worldview about about what we're achieving. Achieving. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's everything. I mean, it's a tough battle that we're facing it considering is. social media paints such a picture of grind, grind, grind. You should know this by this time. You should have these accolades here. But if as the listener, you can walk away with anything from this episode, it's exactly what you just said. How do we not wait until something happens 
to us, for us, yeah, to allow us to stop and reprioritize the things that we've been putting off or not pouring enough love into or not paying enough attention to, to where we don't we don't have to have something horrible happen. We can just sit down, take a big deep breath and say, have I really been keeping my North Star where it should yeah. be? Or totally. have I let it kind of fall to the wayside? And if that's the case, that's okay. I'm not making myself wrong for that, but I need to reshift my priorities back to what's most important to me, which I know for a lot of people is the same thing, right? It's family. It's time with them. It's making memories with them. We just, we do, we get so caught up as a society around keeping up with the Joneses mm-hmm. and seeing what everyone else is doing or what everyone else has. So it's the things and, oh my God, they're on a vacation again. Why can't right. we do that? So we we put things first that that don't need to be first. So if, if you are listening to this episode, our sincerest hope is that you walk away and maybe take take an hour today take take the weekend to really think about if your priorities if you're if you're putting the first things first so whitney i, I mean i can't imagine being in your shoes but i appreciate you really you went first for us. There's There's been a lot of things that we've been able to see that have shifted our mindset, but this interaction with you um, coming straight from Instagram to now this conversation has been, I mean, such a, a beautiful thing for us to take away and say, are we prioritizing what needs to be prioritizing, what needs to be prioritized in case something does happen? Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away with the same feelings of, contentment that you have, Mm -hmm. right? We're not having to process any unresolved trauma because we feel like we're we're doing what needs to be done in our life before the tragedy struck. That way we can pick up the pieces after after the healing has happened and and go right back into where we need to be. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for your example of of how we can handle situations. Um, how we can choose to show up for others in the midst of our own minutiae, as you called mm-hmm. it earlier. Um, you know, you have all the reasons to to shut the world out and and feel a certain type of way, and you haven't done that. So thank you for your example. Oh, well, thank you for having me on. It was delightful to meet you both. Same. Yeah. Um, and lastly, is yeah. there, I know you're in I know you're in this healing journey, but if people want to find you um, and get caught up in your story and where you are today, we're going to put all of those links in our show notes. But is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? Oh, gosh. I, I think just just love your people. Give them a big hug today and just, just spend some time um examining well like you said just think think about how you can love harder love deeper and just be present with the people that you love um it's it's a gift it's such a great gift that we have and just if there's anything to be grateful for that's it that's it's the it's the love that we have and the love that we receive and it's it's amazing It's the love that we have and the love that we receive. Well, that's a beautiful way to tie this episode up with the beautiful bow. Whitney, thank you. Listeners, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to What's the Lesson? If you're feeling the same, I can do anything attitude that we are, here's how you can keep the momentum going. 
spread the good vibes. Share this episode with your friends, family, or give us a shout out on your social media. Fancy a trip to iTunes town? We're all ears for your ratings and reviews. Seriously, we read each one of them. Your thoughts are like gold to us. Lastly, let's be friends. Hang out with us on social media for more awesome content and behind the scenes action. And until we meet again, remember our golden rule. Turning those WTF moments into WTL moments is a superpower. Practice is always progress. And you've got this.